We are rolling. I keep thinking that's a camera. Is it an actual camera? Oh, it was a shotgun. Oh, but you're only using the audio part of it. Only using it. Got you. Ha ha. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me play this shit. Let me start it over. And I'm telling you, I took my time with this. When this shit dropped, buy the chicks in the house. I was like, hey, man, we're going. It's a listening part. <laughs> Unofficial. You know it's nothing to pull up. You hear the songs I wrote. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not smart. You're not. So you wrote. Mm-hmm. I wrote the yeah. You gotta take your time yeah. to learn the words and shit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just gotta say it confidently like that. Like, mm-hmm. this one yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me play this for you. But you can't like try to own it. And, like, I didn't write the whole album. Nah. nah, I think I like just ninety six percent of it. What did I say? <laughs> you know, I wanted to leave him something to do on his own. Yeah, nah, let him do yeah. his thing. Nah, he's getting he's getting to his bag now. He's starting to write more. You know what I mean? We we <laughs> you know we got a good uh, chemistry going. You know what I mean? This shit is hard though. Yeah, man. This shit. Did you? How often does that uh, does that happen? Uh, not often, cause I'm not a freestyler. I must right. have been in a really good mood that night. All yeah, right. but I've heard you riff before, though. Yeah, I've heard you do that, but not like actual words. Like a lot of these words were freestyle. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I came into the studio and it was a whole different session going on, mm-hmm. and I was drunk, so I was cool because I knew everybody. Right. And. When I walked in, this is the beat that started playing, and I came in like on perfect timing as the verse dropped, and oh. I started freestyling, and everybody in the room was like, "Oh shit, who is this guy?" Right? <laughs> and was this for you? Was this beat for you? No, nah, it wasn't. This was somebody else. Already. This was a whole other session going on, and the producer was just playing beats. This who, who produced this? The homie J Pounds. Okay. So he was uh, yeah, just playing it for niggas to listen to, and then after I started doing that, he was like. Yeah, you probably want to actually record that. That's tight. It's all like I made a voice note of it. Oh, and, had you? Yeah. Okay. And then went back in and recorded. Is that something that you do often? You just make voice notes and just random ideas and shit? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. Gotcha. Like if I'm not in an immediate space where I can go record the idea, I'll send right. a voice note just to at least remember the melody. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I find myself talking about a lot of shit. So for the podcast, I'm like, I'm going to write that down real quick. Yeah. This is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should probably do voice notes too or Just like whatever my thoughts were Yeah I'm trying to put a lot more In the pre-production these days So To get to where we need to go I'm mad at it Alright man That was uh, Okay so wait Real quick Let's do the intro Let's intro here This is the recent really show This is Reese I got my man Black Soul here What's shaking What's good um, Really's not able to make it Today He's dealing with some you know, Some issues Please pray for my brother man hmm. He's stressed out He's stressed out man Really we praying for you bro Um Y'all be having no Jason's here, so we have no feedback on the shit. So thank you, sir. Uh, we tried to do this episode was like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. something like this. It mm-hmm. was me and and Merce was here. That's what we call you. Last name is Mercer. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Merce is here, man. We tried to record the shit, we couldn't record. I got hella frustrated. The equipment just kind of went out on us. We couldn't record a goddamn thing, so we had missed a week. Uh, that's where we hired Jason. So you come through and do the shit with us. So uh, thank you, sir. People loved it too. They was like, man, finally, fuck, got rid of that feedback. Jason ass need to stay. <laughs> then I felt hella unappreciated. Thank you, everybody, as I've been toiling through this shit for however many fucking months. Fuck y'all, yelling Te- shit. Technical difficulties are a real <laughs> party pooper. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, like I said, it's, it's me. Like I said, uh, my co-host, Mercer, we got a couple people we're going to call today. 
Got some interviews lined up. Um, my man Antimo Bennett will be weighing in with us. Oh, big Antimo. I ain't seen Antimo in a long time. Yeah, man, bro. Uh, we'll be calling Unk in a minute. Um, we got this last shot. Just how you want this? There we go. Oh, okay. We got some tequila. Party going. This is the rest of the tequila we got. There you are, sir. This episode is sponsored. <laughs> this episode is Jose. Actually, Cuervo. we do have. So let me get to talking about um, Northern Comforts is a uh, a line of um, self care products. On, uh, it is my mom actually. My mom makes a lot of body butters and you know body scrubs and. It's just fucking amazing, man. Um, so her and I were talking about this. We were talking about like body butters, you know, soaps, things like that. My mom's been like cooking up a lot, and so I sit back and whenever I go to my parents' house, she's always making something. You know, my mom's always been super creative. She always wants to get her hands dirty doing something. You know, and so she started making these body butters. You know, um, I'm hoping she makes the transition to bath bombs and things like that. But uh, my mom recently for Christmas, I mean not for Christmas, I'm sorry, but for like Thanksgiving, like gave. Me and my sisters, you know, some body butters. And I got the, she let us pick the smells and aromas that we wanted. I wanted the peach. So she made it. And I've always been really skeptical of, like, you know, just self-care products and things like that. But it's, she made this body butter that I put on. It was, it felt so smooth. And usually, I'm a baby oil guy. I got a child, I put on a baby oil. But I dedicated myself to just putting on this body butter. Man, it's been amazing. I smell amazing. You know, I feel better. It's for black people. You're know saying like her product. She's got it to a point where is it oil um, based? It is oil based. Okay. See, that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she she makes the butters and then she makes the um, damn the creams. You know, okay. but the creams are water based. The body butters are oil based. I was like, oh, for black folks, that's gonna be a yeah, thing. Yeah, we need that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because we all know about that cocoa butter, the, the exactly. generic brand. That oh you my put god. Put it all over your body and for about In the two bottle? and a half minutes. <laughs> You like, yeah, I done moisturized myself. I'm good to go. You will let a little bit of air hit you and you ash. You back ashy again. Yeah, yeah, nah. So my mom makes the body butters and they and they, they stay on, man. They smell really good. She's got several different flavors. Like I said, she's got the the peach. I know she has a strawberry. She has a um a vanilla, I believe. So you guys should hit her up, Northern Comforts. I'm gonna drop the info for that. Um and they're a really good price as well. I think we only pay like close to like twenty bucks for a jar. Oh, and okay. saying, but it's um Everything's you know homegrown. She does custom orders. I think she has a. Uh, she's getting ready to do a lip gloss too. Okay. So it's gonna be tight. Some other comforts. Shout out to mom. She got her business stuff popping. So that's really tight. Uh, but like I said, it's me. Black Souls here. Yeah, yeah. Jason, sir, appreciate y'all. Um, really couldn't make it with us today, but we're gonna cover a bevy of topics today. I'm super excited. I'm um, to get it going. This is episode 89. Episode eight nine today? I think so. If I'm wrong, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I just want to start out talking to you, brother, about your album. Your album came out um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. May 8th. It was, is that what it was? Yes, sir. I know I ordered the vinyl. I had the vinyl upstairs. A amazing album. Thank you, um, sir. Do want to say me and Merce go back some years, maybe a decade, right? At this point, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I've got a chance to listen to all your music through the years. Of course, I'm a huge fan. Um it's love, brother. Interesting story about <laughs> Merce and I. When I worked at AT&T, <laughs> I used to play bro's music. I used to tell everybody, yo, I wrote the music. I wrote the music. <laughs> <laughs> That's my artist. Women will fall for it for some reason. I'm like, yo, I wrote, I wrote all the shit. It's my artist. It's my nigga. And I encouraged it. <laughs> yeah, you did, though. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely fully supported that. <laughs> uh, so the album, Take Your Time, came out. Do you want to talk to us about you know some of that process with the album and just um, you know what's happened then and what's, what's going on now? Um, yeah, so 
My debut album. Take your time. Twelve tracks. Uh, you know, credited as a dripping wet bedroom masterpiece. That was one of my favorite descriptions for the project. Right. Um, really, it's just a combination of records. I feel like um, represent who I am, what mm-hmm. I'm interested in, and what I grew up on. Right. And um, Shout out to Mellow Music Group. I was able to partner with them. Um, I call it an actual partnership because I still own my publishing. I still right. own my master's. Right, and, right, um, Man, the, they just believed in me so much in my ability to create good quality music. And uh, I'm just thankful that, you know, we was able to, to partner up, release it, right. and, and it doing as well as it did, man. A lot of organic uh, drawing attention to it, it made mm-hmm. a couple uh, Apple Music playlists, which was super nice. Dope. That's yeah, tight. That's you tight. know what I mean. Editorial playlists and uh, man, I just I I didn't really go into it in terms of numbers with any expectations. I just wanted to put my best foot forward in terms of um, creating the quality music and a product right. I could feel proud of. And man, people organically gravitated to it. And it, it did what it did. And it's continuing to do what it's doing. It's still streaming. It's still. I was gonna ask purchased. you that. Like, what do you what What are the expectations for an independent artist? Who's not like on a major, but you know you still believe in your product and with some of the placements that you had as well. You know, yeah, like. I I I think the best thing I can do is just not continue to not go into it with any expectations. Okay. Just, um, you know, appreciate what it does do. Okay. I feel like I could stay more pure that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if as long as I just focus on the music and don't focus so much on that's and that's a big part of the partnership too. It's being able to delegate that responsibility to other as people. far as marketing and promotion yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. Because yeah. there's other people that, that specialize in that. Absolutely. I just like to stay focused. It's not that I'm not privy to it, but I like to focus on the creative part. Right. Yeah. Because you're a creative. Yeah. yeah. And so for those that don't know, um, Souls he's had placements with uh, Anderson Pack. You you work with Dre. You mm-hmm. uh, uh, Playboy Cardi. Pooh, Playboy Cardi. Mm-hmm. You know you've had a lot of different industry connects. And you're growing, right? You're one yeah. of my favorite artists. Continue Absolutely, fucking man. It, man. It's between you, Dave, and fucking Royce out of here. Yeah. And my guys, yeah, man. Yeah. So um, it's and it's really cool to know some of your favorite artists. Yeah. To have grown with some of your favorite artists. Yeah. Because when you put out the the joint, you had a, a project, Never See Is an EP. Yes, sir. Five tracks. What was that? 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that joint, by the way. Yeah. That's actually, it was in the midst of working on that project was how the Macklemore placement came. Oh, really? Yeah. How did that come about? I came back home. I, I was, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I never told you the story? No. Okay. no, no. So, yeah, I was. I came back home to visit because um, I had just moved out to L.A. Mm-hmm. Was, um, engineering full-time for Mike and Keys. Um, and that was a fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, that was Even crazy. Even moved to L.A. And yeah, that whole, that whole scenario was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it was one of the times I came back because I, I I get really inspired when I come back home. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't get inspired in L.A., but it's just something about being home and just the elements that work well with my pen. Right. And so I came back home to work on the EP. I was downtown um, in session with Cuddy working okay. on some stuff. Cuddy Fresh? Yeah, Cuddy Fresh. Yep. Uh, long time homie. And I was on my way to the elevator to head to the bathroom, and I ran into an older homegirl of mine, um, Tiffany Wilson. Okay. Super talented vocalist. Um, you mentioned her a couple times. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. I love Before, her to death. Yeah. Like she's always been an advocate and supportive of of me, even in the beginning stages when not everybody so much was. And mm-hmm. she's given me a lot of good tips and a lot of good game to help me grow as an artist. Right. And so yeah, she happened to be in a session like two doors down mm-hmm. um, with uh, XP, who okay. at the time I didn't know. I'd mm-hmm. heard of the name, but I never met him personally, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that he was Macklemore's godbrother. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 
just in running into her, having not seen her for a little bit, I was like, yeah, pop in the room and let me right. play you like the EP I'm working on, kind of get her, her feedback on it. Right. And so in the midst of me playing records, he was in the room listening with her and was like, right. man, my bro's trying to finish up his album. He got mm -hmm. this song that um, we're waiting on a hook on, but I think your voice would actually sound better for it. And I was like, okay, well, who's your bro? He was mm -hmm. like, Macklemore. And I was like, mind you, XP's black. So That's I was like, like, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Nah, <laughs> man, he's probably not. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, I swear. He was like, yeah. I, and I got the record right here. He's already laid his verses on it. Like, it's just missing the hook. And I was like, right. okay, play it. And literally, every all the verses was laid. It was just the hook that was missing. So I was like, oh, right. shit, this is a layup, kind of. Right. So I was like, all right. Uh, took it home, finished that, it, knocked out like. Pizza. Go ahead and grab it. I'm listening. Knocked out like listen? three versions of the uh, of the hook, sent it off. Um, they had a, I had a 48-hour window. And they were traveling because he was on tour at the time. Mac was headed on tour at the time. And um, he told me that I needed to have it done within 48 hours. I knocked it out, sent the three versions. Then it took like a few months. He told me that the original person that they were trying to get to do the hook, um, they were probably going to stick with it. So I was like, okay, you know how it goes. I know how the game goes. And then maybe like a month after that, he said while they were on tour, they were playing back the two versions, and they were leaning more towards my version. So I was like, oh, shit, I got a little bit more life. And then um, it was probably a week before the actual record came out that they told me that they were going to use my lyrics, but they were going to have a girl sing my words. Um, so I was going to get full credit for the writing. And then, boom, it dropped. And I was super excited. And then probably... Or actually, excuse me, like a couple of days before it actually dropped, my boy Jake One called me mm -hmm. and was like, and "You guys have a really good, long-standing relationship." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually yeah. who um, I collaborated with him when I got the my very first placement ever, which was a Playboy Cardi placement. Right. Um, so he calls me and was like, "Yeah, man, I you got a placement on a Macklemore album." I'm thinking he's finding out about the writing that I contributed to the album. Right. And uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, did he tell you?" And he was like, "Tell me what." I, I'm talking about I use your voice for a beat on one of the songs. And I was like, right. oh, then I got two credits on the album because I wrote yeah. a hook for a joint. And he was like, oh, word, I didn't even know about it. Right. So he was like, yeah, I guess you got two Because Jake does his own sampling a lot yep. of times now, yep. which is a new thing, I think, in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good, it's, it's like an interpolation technique. Mm -hmm. So they don't kill you as much on trying to clear the sample. Well, yeah, because um, you already got the shit. It's yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, people replay it. But even if it's still like the same idea, because that's what you're paying for is the intellectual property. Okay. Um, you can still get around from getting hit for the sound recording. Can you really? Way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought if you, and I obviously have no knowledge of exactly how that works. Yeah. But I figured if you just owned all the, I don't know. I don't know what you would own, but just the original but version see, of thing, it. What you don't own is the new people's um, intellectual property and how they interpreted the record when they replayed it. Okay. So the same creativity that you use to create these melodies, because yeah. it's not going to necessarily be exactly the same. Everybody right. has different nuances in the way that they play musicians mm -hmm. um, or singers if they're re-singing something. Right. So that is still owned to each individual. So okay. that's how they get away with the sound recording. Sound recording would mean that they are actually using the exact original right musicianship vocals right. whatever okay yeah it's hmm. just a whole bunch of publishing it's, shit. I, I can i can get i can grab my hand around it mm -hmm. but yeah but it's a that's a thing yeah so you got two placements on that album yep You're and moving. um album went gold um nice super excited that, that album actually went gold before playboy cardi went platinum so mm -hmm. i was super excited for that and then eventually 
one early morning i was leaving the session came home about to go to bed and i decided to check riaa mm-hmm. the certification website and boom i found out playboy cardi was platinum like probably two months prior than me seeing it and i was like oh shit. so did you did you order a plaque i haven't ordered a plaque yet would you order a plaque though i would that's your first platinum that's my first platinum plaque yeah congratulations yeah thanks man yeah that's fucking tight. It. shout out to jack one and Southside. yeah that's fucking dope yeah Southside's working yeah Southside been fucking working. Yeah, Southside been working. He's probably yeah. everybody. The, all the the whole rap trap movement. Yeah, he's all ingrained in. Absolutely. All that, yeah, man. and Jake talks about him a lot. Actually, yeah. like when you talk to Jake, he'll talk about him. He'll talk about Cardo because they work a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, who else, man? Jake be shouting out the most random people. I've been. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jake, bro. Jake been in the game so long. He know everybody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he's really highly respected too. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. a little different. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so with your album, what's next? I mean, what do you what do you plan on doing? Are you and you you engineer? I do engineer. Pender, Jay Pender, told me something really interesting. I think you and I talked about this briefly, but he was like, you know, when I'm in these rooms with people, you know, artists get kicked out, you know, producers get kicked out, you know who doesn't get kicked out? Hmm. Good engineers. 100%. Yeah, he said that, and I was like, that makes absolute sense. I learned that early. Yeah. And so you've been engineering, mm-hmm. um, and you started engineering uh, for yourself first. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about, um, you know, just like the, the value that you add, some of the rooms that you've been in, and maybe, you know, some of the things that you've seen just being an engineer. Um, it's it's a very valuable tool because everybody wants to sound great. Right. So, um, you know, the more engineers or the more people you have that can influence a better quality sound in the room, right. they want those people in there. Jay sounds here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to the engineers. <laughs> exactly. So, um, for me, you know, coming up in this area – um, you know, from Tacoma, mm-hmm. it's it's not really a you're hella Tacoma, by the way. Hella Tacoma, ETC yeah. on the on the sweater right now. <laughs> yeah, That's fire, by the way. Oh, I yeah. love that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new quality. Yeah, anybody that knows anything about me knows. Absolutely, <laughs> hella Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. But so I was, I realized that it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to to jump in and be able to work with a list artists from this area. So I'm like, okay, I don't okay, I don't know. I don't have any industry connects at this point, so I got to figure out a way that I can get in the door. And engineering just happened to be my way in the door. So once I committed to teaching myself how to engineer, um, taking on gigs and whatnot, um, it's a lot, what I've learned is a lot more, I don't know, I guess a lot less intimidating to invite an engineer to the studio as opposed to another creative. For whatever reason, but I I basically just used it to my advantage. Like an artist or a producer. Yeah. Okay. Do you you wouldn't assume that you would see an engineer with an ego? Nah. But I do. I've seen. Have you? I have seen engineers with ego though. It is weird because the type of engineer or not the type of engineer, but what he majority of the work that he was engineering uh-huh. wasn't the type of work that you would feel like he'd have an ego for. What do you like? If I'm an engineer that's engineering. Uh-huh orchestras or a lot of live instrumentation Mm -hmm. uh stems broken down session to session that kind of thing i'm gonna understand that you're a lot more knowledgeable in uh your approaches to engineering but if majority of your work is just trap rap two tracks three track vocals Mm -hmm. i don't think that warrants you to have oh okay yeah 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 yeah, it's like, not. It's not as complex. Your job is fairly easy, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sucks, right? Because you, I never. I'm not an engineer. I don't know how to engineer. Yeah. I did the shit for the pod as long as I could. Shout out to Keith for giving me Keith Keith Anger, by the way, who records for uh, Casey Carter with the Glow Up, gave me the equipment that we could do. I recorded with the shit as much as I could. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, I broke the shit. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I don't know if we actually broke yeah, it. But I, I, I literally watched that shit tap out in real time. <laughs> Fucking A. But <laughs> shout out to bro. I appreciate him. And then Omari was doing our shit. You know, so I have a respect for those who do that. Mm-hmm. And this is just a podcast. This ain't even, you know, there's mm-hmm. no stems here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is just one track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way through. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, much respect to them. But, I, but you would assume that uh, you just respect the work, you know, and a lot of people don't respect the work. So you've, and and, and I'm, I know you've done these interviews before. I've listened to your interviews before. Sorry, so I don't mean to take you through the whole gamut of questions. Oh, no, it's all good. Um, we have listeners who don't may not be familiar with your backstory, mm-hmm. and and you know how a lot of things came about. So you've been on a podcast before talking about how you went down to L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember those times. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting <laughs> times. <laughs> we had a conversation the last time you were here and you were telling me about, you know, like your last two years and how some of that shit's been rough, mm-hmm. but you found gold in some of the rough patches. Right, right, right. You know, can you talk to just being an artist, being a creative and things just seeming down and then making a comeback from that? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's actually a great topic to discuss because um, from a consumer perspective, everybody always sees like the finished product or the end goal and you might hear stories of struggle, but they usually come out later. Mm-hmm. And um, people really don't have a strong kind or a strong grasp of how much shit creatives go through, like to get right. That. I, I and I like to somebody. I think I forgot who told me this quote, but I think it's really true. Like the the deeper the art, the the um, more the trauma was behind it. Yeah, that makes sense though. And you think about like some of the greats mm-hmm. like that we've had that mm-hmm. have given us some of the great pieces of art that we've listened to and they have some really troubled lives. Right. And I'll be like, damn, that's real. So then it's also like, damn, so that's gonna be indicated for niggas when my art gets too right, deep. Like, right, I'm like, damn, right. he's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that'll come. Yeah, now, yeah. People yeah. will say that. Yeah. You know? But naturally, like when I first transitioned, um, because I left Boeing, you know what I'm saying, which was a I great job. Yeah, yep. yeah. I had a Cool little townhouse, yep. you know what I'm saying? I was I was doing well for myself. And, you know, you know, doing my shit. And I was uh like to leave all of that and to really just bet on myself and to trust yeah. God was a it was a jump. Cause you know, like we've talked about, you've been trying to get me to move to LA for a long time in terms of like it being a better atmosphere to chase my career. Of course, yeah. But I've always Shit, been a gotta, yeah. You know. I've always been a, a more of a calculated risk taker. So right. if I couldn't transfer my job over there, like it just wouldn't, it wasn't making sense. To a me. lot, fam. I'm right. the same way. I'm yeah. in the same boat. So I'm with you. So when I finally hit that crossword road, where it was like, okay, are you going to take advantage of this opportunity, which was going getting invited to the Grammys, right. or are you going to continue to live in fear and stay here because right. it's comfortable? And that was what 2016, 20 like. End of no, it was 2017 actually. To 20, the beginning of 2017, to, yeah, it was because, February. Because remember, we were living in the Highlands. Remember that's yep. the condo that we had. Mm-hmm. We were living in the Highlands, I and mean, mm-hmm. that was around the time that you were getting ready to leave Boeing. Yeah, because remember that the, when you spent the night and when because you worked down the hill. Yeah, you spent the night right down the street. Went down the hill, and then like shortly after that, it was like I'm gone. And I, I, I it literally was that fast. Like, cause this was the thing I had been. I found out about the Grammy invitation maybe like. Two months before, right? Uh, maybe a month and a half. I had told the senior management about it, thinking I'm doing my due diligence. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really only two weeks you're supposed to give them, but I'm giving right. them a month in advance, ex- thinking they're going to be just as excited for me. Fuck no, hey, I remember that. That lady didn't care nothing about me about or you. the Grammys. Nah, yeah. she was like, "Yeah, that's crazy, but we need you here at work." Bitch, I was like, "I'm pretty sure." First of all, 
weekends weren't even mandatory. I was only going to miss Thursday and Friday, right. and I was going to be back Monday. And you started working with like 4 a.m. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I started yeah, bright and early. I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly. pretty sure you guys will be fine. Right, exactly. Without me for yeah. two days. You're I'm good. 100% sure that you guys will be fine. Yeah. And I always remember asking her like every week until it came down to the week of, and I go up to the office, and I'm like, yeah, we've been back and forth on this. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Some time now, like what, like what's really what's going the, on? The thing, or, yeah. Is it going to be okay? And she was like, "Well, you know what happens if you leave." And I was like, "I would like to believe that you would approve my time off sick time, yeah, yeah, to be able to go, and I'll be fine." Because the thing was, if you have the time to use, uh. It's always up to management discretion, but rarely do they deny exactly. it if you have yeah, the time to use exactly, it. You yeah. know what I mean? She just didn't like She wasn't fucking with she you. She just, yeah. That's she, all that was. That's that's literally but, all it but was. But that's how, I mean, God's forcing your hand. 100%. You and understand? so that's when I came to that crossroad. I was like, okay, now is, this is the time to right, make exactly. a, a, a tough decision. And, well, it really wasn't that tough because my shit was already booked up and I was ready to go. It, it was already, yeah, was, already In my mind, there. I was yeah. like, this is the, how, nigga, how many people do you know just get invited to the Grammys? Yeah, exactly. Let alone yourself. I was like, I'm out of here. Exactly. So when I got there, um, I was able to finesse my way onto the red carpet. Right. And that's where when I was posting videos, Jake One saw me and he was like, bro, how did you get on the red exactly. carpet? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Listen, man, I told him what, what was going on. I was like, so I'm out here trying to make a way out of no way. Yeah. And he was like, oh, shit. Well, okay, let me introduce you to some producer homies of mine who I didn't know at the time. When he said Mike, I didn't realize that it was Mike, Mike and Keys who were executive producers for Nipsey. Yeah. So we pull up to the studio, me and my homeboy Paul. Mm -hmm. and Shout I, out to Paul. Yeah, man. shout out to Paul, man. That's been my dog since middle school. His uh, his son just had a birthday? Or? Yeah. Uh. What's coming up? Don't give me the line. Nah, it's soon. It, no, it passed already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Shout out to Paul, and his lady. <laughs> if you listen, it's the it's the Cuervo that had me double thinking. But yeah, because I, <laughs> I was actually at the birthday party. That's why I was you went like, down the tripping. Yeah, I went down. Okay, there. gotcha. Yeah. Shout so, out to Paul, man. Yeah. He owes me a hat, by the way. <laughs> by the way, Paul. By the way. Yeah. So um yeah we we pulled up together and Nip man R I P man Nip was chilling in the big suburban right when we walked in I was like oh this is the Mikey that's when it hit me I was like oh this is the Mikey he was talking about right okay Mikey keys, yeah so going there um get to chopping it up with him played him a bunch of records and mm -hmm. uh, the thing that he keyed on was who's doing the engineering for these records and I was like oh I engineer all the records myself and mm -hmm. he was like oh you engineer as well and I was like yeah and he was like man we could use an engineer and I was like could you fam. Let me stop you real quick. <laughs> I remember when you first started engineering your shit. Mm -hmm. He was like, I remember that was the other project, not Never See. What was before Never See? It was the one you were sitting at the bus stop. It was stop uh, No Love Lost, yep. No Love Lost. Mm -hmm. And you was talking about, I might as well learn it. Yeah. I literally was, I'm not matter trying, of fact, I'm not trying like, to pay I'm Because I got tired of paying for studio time. I had the whole I, barbershop at the crib. Fam, the, and you cut here. Yeah. You owe me a cut, by the way. I got you. When, when I left the hospital, I told you I can't you did, go to You did tell me, and I told you I had you, so yeah, I got yeah. you. Uh, but now, nah, when you started doing it, and I remember thinking, oh, that's a bag. Mm -hmm. Or just any skill that you can just throw in your arsenal. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And that was a, an example of you doing that shit. You did it. I mean, it's gotten you here. Yeah. I, I, 100%. I, I told myself, I, I, three fold-out tables in my room in the yeah. University of YouTube. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> YouTube I, University. I, yeah. I, I, could, I dedicated myself to learning everything, right. like I would have set aside, uh, you know, six to eight hours, right, to sit there at that computer and learn everything that I felt like I needed to learn about right. engineering until I was uh, seasoned enough to start engineering other people. Okay, and who would have thought? 
that it like I still even to this day, bro, right. like I'm amazed at the spaces that it's it's taken me to. Yeah. Like engineering. I'm like, this is some shit I just decided I wanted to learn because I was always an artist first. Let me and, and some stories you can't tell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Things we you know, we're not gonna you know, we'll talk about that all yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. But you have been to some incredible spaces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, again, the the pack placement, and it's a pack. Did you get a Grammy for that? Nah, nah, it was the other album. It was a uh, Ventura. It was the next album. Yeah, it was the uh. next one. Hurt. Stung. We was on the ballot, though. So I thought. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I said it could go either nah, way. I, I question that because I, I think I asked Pender, you know, since you guys all went. Because I think Pender worked on that. Yep. The next Pender, album. Pender got one for that. Shout out to Pender. Shout yeah. out to Pender. Grammy award winning. Grammy Justin award Pender. winning Justin A&R Pender. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. You're doing this shit. Um, I wanted you to have that, though. Like, I wanted to. I wanted to come into your house and just see a Grammy sitting on the shit. Listen, man, it's gonna happen. No, absolutely, fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, the fucking Grammy board loves you. Yeah, you got the article. Shout out to them, man. They're they're hella supportive of what I do, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, like the person that actually wrote that Grammy article was mm-hmm. the senior editor for. It doesn't even like I was going through his articles that he had um, written prior. So what's to what's mine. my man's name? Uh, Nate Hurtwick. Nate Hurtwick. So he was the senior editor of the uh, the Grammy Grammy dot com. Grammy yeah Grammy dot com. Mm-hmm. Is that a public? It's not a publication, but it's still the Grammy. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if they have any print. There's, there's no imprint. No. Okay, yeah, it's but, probably um, all digital. But, but you can go on the Grammy dot com and look up an article for Black Soul. Right. Um, and he's no longer there anymore. Right. He's not, and that's that's what just made it all like things really happen in the time that they're supposed to happen, and right. we have no control over that. Right. And it was just so happened that. In shopping around my album, it mm-hmm. landed on his desk, landed in his email, and not to say that he didn't have hundreds of other projects in his email waiting to be reviewed, right. he just happened to open mine up. Right. And he told me that he loved what he heard, and he really wanted to get behind me, and he started um, researching like what else I've done, going mm. to my social media, that kind of thing, checking okay. credits, and then looking That's at That's a really good write-up, bro. Yeah, bro. I, like, I, I think I read that article a couple times. Like, when did you post it? It was like it? a good five, six-page spread. Yeah. When you first posted it, I read it just because you posted it. And I was like, this is my nigga, so I'm going to support it, obviously. But then I went back and read it again, like, really looking at what it said. Yeah. And I was like, now nah, he did his research. No, he really my nigga did. Is he was asking yeah. great questions. And, like, even we still stay in contact today, like, even though he's no longer there. Like, right. still super supportive. That's um, tight. He's doing something. Yeah, because he's a musician, too. Oh, um, is he? Yeah, he's a guitarist. Mm, yeah, okay. so you, you know, credit is just spontaneous, man. He's just you know, yeah. just going to is do his really? thing. That's dope. Mm-hmm. I find that people who are you know tapped into an industry usually have a talent around that industry, right? You know, like it's it, well, at least it's better when they do. It's, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's um, better when they do. Damn, I want to. I got a gig coming up. I can't really talk about it just yet. But oh, okay. I tell you all. Okay. But like, I start my I start my new gig after New Year's. Um, it's a journalist gig. It's gonna be fucking tight. Dope. I can't announce where it's at just yet. Congrats. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, no, congrats I worked hard to get into the yeah. position. Like, shout out to my man Sermon, too, man. Sermon. Okay. Put that bug, you know what I'm saying, in me to, to let me know I could be a journalist. So, okay. It's time I'm doing write ups now. Yeah. Oh, Check you out. Yeah. It's okay. Be dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll I'm here Did for it. Did I call it. you about it? Did I tell you about nah, it? Nah, you haven't told me about it yet. We haven't talked about this shit? Mm. Oh, fuck. It's way tight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah, sick. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, you find that people who are involved in the arena mm-hmm. or an atmosphere, you know, so you usually have something around that. Because I was supposed to go to the Grammys as well. Oh, okay. Um, 2016, I was supposed to be shooting for Marissa Mendez is right before she started her own podcast. Okay. Uh, well, she was still on uh, Joe Budden's podcast. I think it was called, um, what was it called at the time? I'll name this podcast later. Okay. That was the name of Joe's podcast at the time mm-hmm. before they changed it to the Joe Budden podcast. Okay. And so I was uh, supposed to go down and shoot for Marissa. Things didn't turn out. She's still the homegirl. Shout out to her. She's tight. Um, but um, yeah, man, I'm just I'm glad to see you growing in your shit. 
I'm glad to see just people who are involved and have a passion and are ready to chase it, you know, and who are walking. I, I said this to you before, bro. It's like, you know, you're walking in your favor. You're walking in your purpose. You yeah. Know? You've been 100%. shown favor. Because you ain't have to be here. Nah. There was shit keeping you from being here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, uh, but just to go back and speak on, you know, the the trials and tribulations and the hardship that you were talking about earlier. It's yeah. like, yeah, like you go through a lot of this shit behind the scenes because you don't always, like my transition to um, L.A. started off well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you hit some roadblocks that made it some a little bit unfavorable. Mm-hmm. But all that is is a test because nobody right. said the, the entire journey was going to be plush. It was going to be comfortable. Right. And so you, you learn more about yourself. Not. You learn more about your art. You learn... Um, more about finding synergy in the weirdest of situations. Right. And that's all in con- contribution to being able to put out the best art and the most authentic art to you. Right. And so you I, have to do that. You have to. Like I pulled on all of those experiences, yeah. all of those scenarios and situations and continue to work through all of those spaces. Cause like the people I was working with had no idea. Right, like they had no idea the stuff I was going that was going. But see, on. that's what happens when you walk in a room. Your mm-hmm. backstory is not known. No, you know what I mean. Because I knew that I am solely in control of the energy that I bring into any room that I'm in. Right, and so I had to police myself in making mm-hmm. sure that I'm not going to be the person that brings the negative energy into the, any situation. Regardless, right. I'm going through hell in real life. Right, but when I step into the studio. I'm coming with good energy. I'm making sure that everybody else is in a great creative space, and right. I'm making sure that I'm contributing to whatever's going on in the room. Right. And that was the benefit. That was the blessing in being a multi-hyphenate creative. Is like, okay, if I have an off day in, in writing, I can't just come right. up with the lyrics. I can contribute into. Oh, I got some cool mix ideas. Or but see, cool but you're talented techniques. enough to do that. You're yeah. Sk- sorry, not talented. You're skilled enough to do that. Yeah. In other areas. Right. So I could do other things. Right. It's not just the singing aspect. It's not just the writing. Right, like this. I can engineer. I can do whatever, so, something else. I knew that when I go into a room, like, yeah. there's always something that I can contribute to this record or this space to add value. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's what's far. So really fast, just on that phrase alone, add value, right? Mm-hmm. When I worked at AT&T, mm-hmm. um, there was a sales model, and it was a build value. Mm-hmm. That was part of the steps in the sales process, mm-hmm. build value. And so I took that, and I always kept that in mind. Build value, mm-hmm. add value wherever it is that you're going. 100%. Wherever you're at in life, no matter what table you sit at, I want to add to this table. I don't want to just bring a plate. Right. I want to bring more than just a plate to my table, you 100%. know what I'm saying, wherever I'm at. And so with you saying that, just, again, I've, I've kept that in mind everywhere I've gone. So, like, you know, Always I want to learn how to value. engineer. I'm going to say what just sound. We're going to learn some shit. You know what I'm saying? I want to learn, you know, whatever it may be. It's good to learn because even if you don't aspire to be an engineer, it's good to know the inner workings of engineering because then it helps you start to uh, perform more practices that you know are going to get you the best take possible to make his job easier. And so that way, if somebody else don't show up, I got got this. I could do whatever. Yeah. And like in your case, you was doing it for yourself. Yeah. And I I got to practice everything that I, you know, my my routines and – uh, techniques that I, I record other people on, I got to right. practice all this stuff on myself first. So I know I'm speaking from experience right. when I'm telling these people this. Like, Absolutely, man. Yeah. And uh, and and real quick, I know I'm not supposed to say it like this, but man, fuck people. <laughs> if I can depend on me to do shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to fucking do shit. Right. Um, real quick, I want to take, uh, how long has it been? Just like, you got the time. I don't have the time no more. Uh, 35 minutes. <sighs> Sorry. A little gas. It's a tequila. Um, <laughs> 
But real fast, man, I want to shout out because we're doing promos now, and I want to talk about CMOS. Now, I'm not a fan of CMOS at all. I am not. I mean, I am now. But before, I heard CMOS every day. Mm-hmm. I want to fucking hear about CMOS no more. Mm-hmm. Everybody out there selling CMOS. But there's a company out there. Um, it's Beyond CMOS. Uh, I know, I'm sorry, it's Beyond Body. It's Danette K. She has a, a black-owned business out of Renton, Washington. She sells out her CMOS shit all the fucking time. You guys have to get on it. She has CMOS Lemonade, all types of stuff. She has the CMOS Jill, CMOS Lemonade. And so her and I were talking, and I was like, what are the benefits of CMOS? You know, because I keep hearing this thing. And so she was like, you know, uh, she has a write-up on her website. She's like, please go read that, you know. Educate yourself on, you know, what it is. You know, read up on it. Look, let's look at the benefits. You know, I'll even give you a sample. And so uh, she has a thing on her website that says, why CMOS? It says, the food we eat does not provide us with all the minerals our bodies need to thrive. Uh, when you incorporate CMOS, you're giving your body a dose of 92 minerals with 102 minerals that the human body consists of and are replenishing your cells. CMOS is a natural decongestant. It suppresses appetite, supports immune system, it eases your joint pain, supports heart health, and supports healthy skin and much more. And so... Whenever I get on, she's one of. Whenever I get on Facebook, she's one of the premier CMOS people or CMOS providers, you know, for our area. And she sells out all the time. She puts the CMOS you know, lemonade on the thing, sells out every weekend. CMOS, I want to say jelly, sells out all the time. You know, uh, she's at the top of her game. She's at the top of this industry here for the Seattle area. Like I said, she's based out of Renton. If you guys have the opportunity. Has all the shit. Absolutely. It has, CMOS has all the shit. So, uh, again, 92 of the 102 minerals for the human body. A lot of people out there are selling CMOS. 92. 92. So, my question is, because it, it does seem like, and it may have been around for a while, but it does seem like, you know, it, it took a, a, a trendy turn like most it of did. do. It did. It did. How is everybody just getting a hold of CMOS? Like, who just all of a sudden just got plugged for CMOS? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I need that. I'm not <laughs> sure. But I do know that I've tried some CMOS products before, and they had, like, some sand in it. Not Danette shit. When I tried Danette's joint, it was sand? smooth. Yeah, it was like, so you, you've eaten... Like muscles I've had before, a drink. Like, oh, oh, yeah, and the little, the little like sandy, the grainy stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, when I tried Danette's, it was cool. It was smooth. It was you know clear. There was you know there no issues with it whatsoever. Um, you know, and I like I said, you know, use it for a ton of stuff. So I'll be ordering some more myself. Like I said, she gave me a sample. It was tight. Um, you know, and I'll be ordering more just because, like I said, I need the health benefits. You know, as I'm focusing more on my health, mm-hmm. there's something that's gonna help in my health journey. Mm-hmm. So uh, Danette, see her, her website is Beyond Body. You know, beyond, it's B-O-D-I dot com. Um, healthy body holds a healthy soul and mind. So uh, not just the ladies, you know, men as well, because we're always slow to the to the table when it comes to things that are good for us. So we do. ladies and gentlemen, you guys get on that beyondbody.com. Body is B-O-D-I. Get at, you know, get with the net. Get some CMOS gel. Get some CMOS lemonade. It comes in a couple different flavors. It's pretty good. Um, you know, she I has, think I had the sea moss lemonade. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has. Um, I know she has raspberry, she has strawberry, she has pineapple. You guys get after that. Make sure you guys order that. Uh, she has apple cinnamon now as well. So that's kind of and, oh, and orange too. Elderberry. Yeah, stay close to a toilet. That's no, for real. Sea moss gonna clean you that out. Shit gonna clean you don't right talk, out. Don't but. drink the sea moss before yeah, you got damn. something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, switch gears a little bit. In the Seattle area, we've been kind of hurt. We've been kind of hit and impacted uh, recently by um, a death for the Seattle family. I'm not going to be too specific because I don't want to be disrespectful to the family, but um, right. I do want to bring up 
um, DB. I want to bring up domestic violence and have a conversation surrounding that because, you know, uh, a young woman lost her life recently. Don't want to get too much into the details because there's things still be sorted out, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to disrespect either one of the families, his or hers, you know, and, and speak on it incorrectly. But we do need to have a conversation around um, – you know, domestic violence in our communities. A lot more people suffer from domestic violence, you know, than we know, right? Um, uh, I've seen a lot of women not speak in these situations as to not put the men, you know, in jail. And a lot of men suffer at the hands of domestic violence as well. I was talking to one of the bros earlier today. He said that, you know, his baby's mom attacked him and then called the police on him. The police showed up, his lip was busted, his nose is bloody, you know, all type of shit. And the police like, well, we got to take somebody away. So, of course, it took the man. So, I mean, either way it goes, you know, back and forth, it's not cool. It's not healthy. Ladies, gentlemen, if you're suffering from domestic violence, please, you know, uh, be, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to a family member. It is also incumbent upon the families to not be in denial about what's going on. You need to be honest about what's happening, you know, in our communities. Um, and for that, I want to I want to call uh, Antimo Bennett. He and I were talking about this. You know, Antimo is a bishop. You know, he's he's a. He's, uh, Somebody who's given me great counsel through the years. He's somebody who's, you know, always looked out for me, always been, you know, at my side to tell me whether I was right or wrong or whatever, you know. And nine times out of ten, I'm probably wrong. And that's fine. That's that's my guy. That's unk. You know, like I said, he always holds my feet to the fire and lets me know, you know, where I'm at with certain things. And, and like I said, if I'm wrong, he's there to check me. Um, again, give me spiritual guidance and just, you know, as a black man, is able to tell me, you know, what's what. So I want to call – and Timo right now, um, just to get his thoughts on this. And just, like I said, as men, we need to have these conversations amongst each other. So let's go ahead and get Brother call real fast. Okay, let me see where the volume at. Hello? Black man, how are you? Yo, I'm good, nephew. How you doing? Oh, my man, I'm good. I'm, I'm living and, and, and breathing and doing well. Uh, I got Black Soul here. He's on the phone as well. What's up, oh, bro? Black soul. What's breaking, man? Man, blessed up, man. How you been? Man, you know, I am I'm trying to on your level, brother. You know? <laughs> just trying to just trying to embrace the blessings that are flowing. Hey, you know man. what I'm saying? I'm proud of you, man. Every black man. I'm trying, of you, I'm trying man. to be like you. Yeah, that's I'm, trying, the, I'm trying to get like you, brother. You know, that's the universal uh sign of uh just respect all yeah. across the board exactly exactly and it and it's just that I, I i see i see you working and grinding and i'm paying off and so i'm proud man you representing yourself your family tacoma seattle the state very well 100%, so man, man i appreciate that hey man hey man it's all love man always Unc, i want to ask you um you know as a family you know seattle we've suffered a loss recently you know um due to domestic violence I, and i didn't want to get too specific you know with the mm, details of yeah. that situation but yeah yeah i do want to talk a little bit to you know black men being holding ourselves more accountable um mm-hmm. and just about the you know just kind of the effects of domestic violence in our community and what's going on and you know and how we can be better right right oh man um i mean first of all i mean you know my, my condolences to the family man and, and those closest to to the victim you know i know we're not going to get into details in it but uh, right. man definitely my condolences man it's 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 an unfortunate thing and it's like one of those things that is taboo in the community that really shouldn't be you know what i mean like we know that it goes on but we don't really address it head on like the way that we should 
because with the lack of accountability has allowed it to continue to permeate the community and really, you know, desecrate it, honestly. Um, but it's on us, man, especially specifically you were talking about as men, it's on us, man, to, to hold our bros, our family, our friends accountable, man. And, and, and not just about the behaviors, definitely when we see the behaviors or hear about the behaviors, but also even when we're, we're joking about it, you know what I'm saying? Like when you hear people joking and cracking funny, trying to be cute, trying to make somebody laugh, but it's like, that's still contributing to it. Right. We got to address that too. But we got to be willing to we we got to be willing to have those conversations. And a lot of t- and a lot of times, not in general, but a lot of cats just aren't ready to have that conflict. Right. You said something to me a couple of days ago. You said, you know, if you see the signs, say something. Remember, we were talking about we were talking about like joking yeah. about it, or yep. You know, if you have a friend of yours, you know, like who's showing signs but not it's, it's a it's a joke. It's not to be taken serious. How do you? Yeah. How would you mean? How would you recommend? I'm sorry confronting someone who you suspect of domestic violence uh i'm it so it it it, it really there's a, a number of ways it just depends on how the information is presented to you right so if it's a situation where you guys are just hanging and chilling and cracking funnies and then you know somebody tries to tries to in a joking manner talk about you know i would have slapped a b you know or you know what i'm saying you know it's at that moment instead of laughing you know, even if it's in the context, it might seem funny, you know, you got to be like, wait, hold up, hold up, fam. Like, I know you're trying to joke, but to me, and and, and I, it really, I, I don't, I think you can either do it right there, then and there in the, in front of the whole group, right. or if you're not that comfortable, pull, at least pull them to the side. But either way, there needs to be a conversation that has to be had where you have to address it. I prefer to do it right then and there. I mean, I'm not really... Um, afraid of the little confrontation and conflict, but um, you know you gotta say something. But then if you hear about some suspected behavior, you know, like we've talked about before, you gotta go up to the bro and be like, man, this is some stuff that I'm hearing, and this is not a matter of me coming to you and say, is it true or not? Because nine times out of ten, they're gonna be like, man, they're lying, you know. But it's just a matter of like, this is what I'm hearing, and it's concerning me. And as your brother, as your your partner. I, I know we need to have a conversation because I want to see um, this behavior change if it is in fact what I'm hearing is true, you know, and, and, and you, that that has to be the start. And we got to be willing to, to to just confront each other and all behaviors that are detrimental. Right. Yeah. And so with yeah. that being said, I know a lot of people are kind of adverse to that kind of uh, confrontation, right? I heard, yeah. some, I heard some shit about you. I'm going to approach you. You know, and uh, and confront you, and I, I want to have this conversation with you. And most people, first thing, like you said, is, oh, the person's lying. You know, or or it's not that serious. You hear that a lot of times as well. You yeah. Know, with any situation, how yeah. do how do you you know as a friend move forward, knowing that someone is either in denial, or they're just not accepting, or they're not uh, taking responsibility for what they've done. Yeah. You you have to make a tough decision. Right. So when you're approaching somebody, you have to go into it knowing that there's a possibility that this could be the end of a friendship, of a relationship. And you have to be willing to accept that because the greater good is more important. Like someone's safety, someone's life, it could be literally hanging in the balance. Um, but and, and but with that, you have to make sure that you approach it with 
and in love, you know, because even though you may be coming at with some with a, with some truth, you know, if it lacks love, it's just nothing but dead orthodoxy. I mean, it's just hollow words, and most people aren't going to be able to receive that. That doesn't mean that you approach it in a way that's, you know, um, justifying or accepting of a behavior, but you do have to make sure that you do approach them in a way like this is genuine concern. And I, I know you can be better, and I want to help you do better as well. Um, but you have to go into a knowing that this could this could put a rift. There could be a wedge that's put between y'all, and you have to be willing to accept that. You have to say to yourself, you know what? Either way, I know my conscience is going to be clear because I didn't stand on the sidelines. I wasn't idle, you know? And then because if something tragic happens like just happened recently – Right. You know, you don't want to be like, dang, I could have, I should have, or what if I would have, you right, know, you exactly. don't want to do that because that's going to eat at you. <laughs> and and for those, um, you know, who have, who have suffered at the hands of that, I, I can't speak to a woman's point of view. I'm not a woman and I don't want to do, you know, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful and discredit whatever anybody's gone through, you know, but I would hope that someone would have the courage and be brave enough to stand up and say, hey, I've gone through X, you know, I've done this. Or, you know, this has happened to me. Or even I've been someone who's done this type of thing, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we want everybody to get help. Absolutely. But but what do you do if someone comes to you and says, you know, hey, I, I've, I've done this. Or, you know, me and my lady are going through this. And, you know, this is what happened. You know, what do you do at that point in time when they're, when they're willing to get the help and, and admit, you know, what's happening? Then you then you do what you can to uh, help them to allow them to get the help that they're seeking. You know, if they're if they're willing to see the first step is admitting that there's an issue, you know, and if they and if they have already admitted like, hey, man, I'm I'll be I'll be whining a little bit like my temper be out of control. And it's led me to do X, Y and Z, you know, because domestic violence is not just physical. It's, it's verbal and emotional, you know, as well. So. You know, um, if, if they're admitting that they that there's an issue, man, it's like, OK, start trying to find resources for them. And you got to be willing to say that you don't know and have all the answers as well, but be right. willing to help them look and figure it out. Somebody knows somebody that know. So you can find somebody to connect with. There's so many people that are in the, the, the field that could assist. And, you know, you it can be done anonymously like, you know, hey, I got somebody that is looking for some, you know, some, some help and how, how can I go about that? Um, and, and just really just start digging in and seeing what resources Google, Google is free. So, you know, utilize that resource and start trying to figure out, you know, what, what's available, what's out there. Right. 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 And then for the, so, yeah. and what happens often is, uh, we see somebody who's gone through it, right. You know, a woman who's you know had hands put on them or even, a, you know, a man that happens less often, of course. You know, from what we've seen, right. but we see women, you know, who have put their hands on them, and you want to help them. I want to go, I want to help you, I want to talk to you, yeah. you know, I want to make sure you get out of that situation. And they're just not accepting of that. They're not accepting of the help. They're in denial still themselves. Uh, you talking help. about the victim or the perpetrator? No, the victim. Okay. You know, and they, and they don't want to get the help, you know. It's get out of my business, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be fine. He didn't mean it, you know, that, that kind of thing. What yeah. what can we do, yeah. or do you have an idea of what we can do just as a community to help those people? I mean, you you have to just offer support. I mean, we can't force anyone to do something they're not ready to do, you know. And so, um, you you definitely want to make sure that you remain a support, you know, and just you know, and just continue to be in their ear, but don't push, to, you know, far away. They they just completely they just shut it down. Um, I I will I will. 
feel like we would need to defer to to a, a woman if we're talking about a woman in that instant. I don't want to try to speak for women because I would fail miserably. Um, but as a if someone did come to me, then I would try to just make sure that I supported them and listen, you know, and to and try to hear why they said why they don't want to. And then see if there's a way that we can try to see if we could get some movement as to why they don't want to. Um, and But just main thing is really offer to be a support, whether that be going with them, helping them find some resources, but really listen to what they say would help them. And if they're just adamant about I'm not doing nothing, unfortunately, there's not really much that we can do. Right. Um, you know, it, it, unless we know of some, you know, know of for sure that some stuff's going down there's evidence of it then we can you know hey make that call like i need you to somebody need to roll up to the house you know um because yeah, yeah, i have concerns you know that type of stuff right and timo give me two seconds hold on real quick yeah hey right, man that's what it's made for what did you say cuts yes. for the guts cuts for the guts. <laughs> that's what i said nephew that's what i said that's for the guts. <laughs> yeah, man. I had a mixed CD called that back if, in the day. If he wasn't talking about something serious, that would have needed to be on the, the cuts for the guts. <laughs> for the guts. Exactly. Exactly. For real, yeah, man. man. The next one, bro. Next project going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you already got some heat for us, huh? You already got That's some good. heat for it. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get married in the next two years. <laughs> So I, hey, to, man. so I don't have to live in sin no more. I definitely got some for all of those occasions on this next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with to, that too. I'm not trying to live in sin no more. <laughs> hey, I, I feel that. <laughs> I'm trying to have a baby. I told my dad recently I, was trying, I want to have another kid. He was like, just one? Yes, nigga. That's it. Goddamn. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, my dad wants so many grandkids. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you gonna watch them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing with parents; they they want as a bunch of grandkids because they don't got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So they, they are like, "When you gonna have? Some, yeah. When you gonna have me some more grandbabies?" No. I'm like, "Man, I'm get good. your selfish ass out of here too." <laughs> get out of here. My mom said, "I'm done raising kids." Yeah, okay. Don't ask yeah. babysit ever. <laughs> you come to the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. My parents got it. My parents got a couple guest rooms, so we just go over there and spend the night. Chilling, chopping. Right. I'll be over there watching my niece, man. She's tight. She can walk now. It's wild. Oh, for real? Yeah, man. I taught her that. I taught her how to crawl, <laughs> taught her how to walk. Don't let nobody tell you different. I'm the only one with a platform, so you're not going to hear nothing else. I control the narrative. I taught her how to. <laughs> I her exactly. I taught her this. But my mom was there. Yeah, all right. But it was me, though. Right. It was me that said it. Remember how when you. When, so my sister uh, and the baby came from Alabama. And um, when the baby first got here, she couldn't crawl. So I was the one that spent oh, time with her. Showed her how to army crawl at first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then we got to moving her little legs, and then she was crawling everywhere. Damn, it was wild. <laughs> then oh, wow. I how to put one foot in front of another. Back and forth. Let's get it going. That was all she wrote. Yeah, that's it. Now she's running around Ooh, and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so, so you're the reason she's she a terror now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took, I, took all the, yeah I took all the credit. That's me. That's my dog. <laughs> Ain't no more. I wish there was more. Ain't no more. We had a tequila. It's all good. I didn't want to get hella. Last episode we drank and got, Twin got mad drunk. Mm-mm. Twin got hella drunk. Oh, for real? I told myself, we can't drink in the pot no more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we said nigga in the B word way too many times. I was like, yeah, we got to cut it down. We can't do this no more. That's how I know we, you know, we get to drinking. Uh, Timo, I did want to talk to you. Um, we were talking about how 
the central district is not the central district anymore. Uh, we were talking about yeah. how black people we need to go set up shops somewhere else. We need to make Kent, right. We need to make Kent the new CD. I keep saying this. Property is yeah. not that expensive out there. We need to go set up schools, churches, property, all that. And right. We were right. talking about. Um, I I said, and it might be really bold of me to have said this, but. I think the church plays um, a huge role in the downfall of the CD. All the churches. Right. I don't care. I'll say this to any of the pastors. I feel like there should right. have been there should have been programs set up for home ownership classes, credit restoral uh, programs, you know, just classes right. to teach yeah. us how to get to where we need to go. If the church is going to be, yeah. you know, the spiritual leader in the community, I mean, you know, we have real life to live as well. You know what I'm saying? We talk about heaven on earth. Right. Teach us right. how to be better. You know, you're demanding tithes and right. offering from everybody and this is just my biased standpoint so please you know please take yeah no no so, no nah, man we, we, you know it's all love man speak right. your mind but i wish that you know as i'm not just being the the spiritual center of the community but also you know in other aspects as well you know teach us how to yeah. do better teach us how to be better you know how to compose ourselves how to operate in the real world you know like churches right. i feel like should have been offering these these different services and programs there should be a loan program yeah. you know through the church yeah you know what i mean yeah like, the church mm-hmm, operates mm-hmm. basically with no impunity and no one, everyone whispers about the changes the church should make, but no one comes with a formulated plan. Um, right. You're obviously not the representative or the spokesperson for all the churches, of course. Can't put that on no, your shoulders. No, not at all. But, uh, not at all. But could you speak to possibly, you know, like what some of those, how some of those changes could take effect and, and take place? Yeah. Um. You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a wonderful question and I, you know, yeah, I do have to just reiterate that I am not the spokesperson or the mouthpiece for the church in its entirety. Right. But at the same time, I have to accept the responsibility that comes with being a minister, with being an ordained minister, with being a reverend, is that, you know, folk are going to come to me, and rightfully so. You know, I embrace it and welcome it. I love the critique of the church, specifically the black church, because that I'm a member of it. Um, and... I mean, I, I did it a few years ago. I put a post on Facebook and I was just like, man, wouldn't it be dope if the church was this? And essentially, I feel like the church at one point it used to be it used to be the hub for the community. You know, in, in the height of the civil rights movements, the church was the hub. It was a place for them to meet, not only for on Sundays, but it was a place where they would congregate and meet to strategize for what steps we was taking for the movement. But, you know, we have to do we have failed the community, the black community specifically, because we've we no longer do that. The church should be providing schooling, education. The church should be provide, providing financial literacy. The church should be providing you know, resources. So like we're talking about domestic violence. Like I don't think the church necessarily should be providing the counseling. There's license. There's people with licensing and who got the education right. for that. But we should be a, a place where people can come to get the resource where they can come and they can come and talk to the pastor to say, hey, this is what's going on. And the pastor will be like, bet our this agency has these services. Let's get you connected. And then the church should be really footing that bill. You know, um, in, in my opinion, again, I can't speak for the church in its entirety. This is an, this is Antimo speaking right now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, we should we should be having services after school services where we're tutoring our young kids, where we're providing, you know, backpacks and school supplies, you know, where we're talking about um, the medical um, issues in the black community, high blood pressure, hypertension, STDs, AIDS, like, you know, where we're offering, you know, ways to build credit. We're having homeowners, home buyers classes at the church, you know. Right. Um, like in my opinion, the church should be the hub. It should be the center, the center, and it should be where people know if I can't go nowhere else, I'm gonna go to the church. And unfortunately, that that I don't even, I can't even tell you when it stopped being that, but it hasn't been that for quite some time. I can't even remember it being that even in my lifetime, to be quite honest. You know, and I and I just turned 39. You know, last Monday. So, unfortunately. The church, specifically the black church, has failed. And uh, and it's because we've tried to emulate white churches way too much. We've tried to be like them. We've tried to emulate evangelicals and how they do things, how they run run things. And it's, it's, it's detriment. Now, that may not be – that's not the only reason, but it is a main reason right. um, in my opinion. And, um, you know, just quite frankly, like I said, we failed. And I have no problem admitting that. And when people come in to me or voice their frustrations, whether publicly or privately to me or to me, um, I understand. And quite frankly, I agree with a lot that's being said. Right. Yet and still, I also think that um, the church is hurt when people leave. And I understand why they do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's much easier to help change a system when you're, you know, when you're a part of the, the change. And when you just leave and abandon it, you kind of leave it in a in a state where it's going to be hard for it to uh, to come back and to be better. Because unfortunately, that's when the crooks and the charlatans and the pimps that masquerade as you know preachers and pastors take over, and and it's all about we need a tie, we need an offering, give me fifty dollars, you know. Right. And they're living they're living large and living lovely, but the congregation is in is in abject poverty like that. I have a problem with that. Right. Now there's nothing wrong. There's not now, not every pastor is like that. Some have been good stewards and have investments and have business acumen and have done stuff or they make money off books and stuff like that. They don't even get paid by the church, but the optics of it, most people don't know that. So the optics just don't look good when you wearing Gucci and got the, the latest and newest, you know, ride, but you got members that don't even have enough money for bus fare that you know are struggling to put food in the refrigerator like you know the church should have food banks the church should be there's just so much the church should provide housing you know there should be there's just so much that we should be doing that we're not and i and i because i i'm gonna just be honest like i have no ambition or desire to be a pastor but if for some reason that happened to be the path that i ended up on that would be the type of church that i would want to pastor you know where it it became a beacon in the community where it don't matter, even if you were a, a Christian or you call yourself a Christian or you believed in God or not, if you a black person, you know, I can go to such and such church to get the help that I need. Right. And we, we all kind of grew up in the church also. You yeah. Know, every one of us, you know, growing up, you was involved in the church somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like you knew that. You was gonna be at church on Sunday. Maybe you was there on Wednesday night for Bible study as well. You know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you knew you uh-huh. maybe at. You might have been at a you know choir rehearsal or you know something. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it was just always the same. And I love, I love, I love gospel music. I love the church. I love everybody's the being a part of the church. That's why Snoop started singing "Precious Lord." 
in the in that fight when you know mm-hmm. uh, the, the good brother Nate Rob you know went to sleep. Right. So you know Shout everybody's been connected Jesus to the church Christ. in some way. Are we unpacking Everybody. On this episode? We did that last episode. Oh. We did that. We're not going. We can't revisit it. Oh, you're from Tacoma. Oh, we gonna talk. Yeah. No, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got some shit to answer for. <laughs> I need to bring that up again, but I just was. I just said that to say that we all connected to the church. It don't you are where you from? Because that, that that that's immediately what he went to singing a old school hymn. Yeah. Um. You know, we're, we're all connected to the church. I think we all need to find our way back there. Um. Real fast, are you still doing the, the sermons on Sundays on uh, Instagram Live? Yeah, um, when when I'm called upon to uh, to bring a word, then yeah, I'm uh, making sure that I, I do it on Zoom. And also, I've been trying to I've been trying to do it on Instagram Live as well, just for folk that um, don't want to log on to Zoom and then they can just tap in that way as well. And then I try to save it so then that way, if they want to listen later, they have that ability as well. Okay, yeah. I really I really enjoyed the last one. Really enjoyed the last one. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no worries. Well, brother, we're gonna let you go. We appreciate you for real. Thank you so much. Uh, for man, no doubt, man. Anytime, anytime, anytime. And I hope I said something that somebody could be like, "All right, bro, you ain't as dumb as I heard." You know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think you're good, bro. I think you're gonna touch some people. People actually listen. All right, man, nephew. With this here. It's tight. Nah, I appreciate it. All right, nephew. All right, all right, black soul, man. It's always a pleasure, my brother. Yes, Hopefully, sir. Man, once this Rona decides to leave us alone, we can actually break bread, man. I'm saying, man, I've been waiting on the day, man. Rona got yeah. us all held up. Man, yeah, I'm so hey, that's yeah. And see, yeah. Whew. I, we'll leave that alone. Man, I appreciate both of y'all, man. Yes, sir. Please <laughs> tell the wife we said hello. Oh, I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. All right, brother, man. We'll get with you. All yes, right, nephew. Sir. Yep. Yep. Whew. Love that guy, man. I love that guy. He's fucking tight. Um, I want to ask you, bro. You posted the joint on Facebook. Sorry, guys. We're eating this pizza. We got a mouthful of... <laughs> they dropped the pizza off while we was recording. It's good. Woo! You posted the joint to Facebook. Hold on. I screenshot it. I just want to hear the story. I was talking to Cruz earlier. Mm, okay. Shout out to shout out to Daryl Cruz, man. He's shout out to Cruz. He's saving man. the world somewhere. Great guy. Uh, you posted on Facebook about a brother who was uh, heartbroken. Oh! Last night. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen, you know, it, you know, some you, you hear or you bear witness to certain things that you just can't even laugh at because you're just like, damn, just just pure empathy, just pure human empathy. I was like, yes. damn, bro, I was really fucked up. So what happened? Where were you at last night? So I'm in a nearby but undisclosed location because it's uh, the law. Okay, I was smoking. <laughs> My backwood <laughs> in an undisclosed location. We'll just call it close by. Yeah, close by. <laughs> so I was smoking close by, and um, you know I was on the phone having a conversation, and I start to hear an argument in the distance. Right. And so you know me being my nosy self, I wanted right. to know what was going on in my immediate area. Gotcha. So I kind of start listening. The person on the phone is also listening, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Oh, at first we're laughing because I'm like, oh, he pissed off at somebody. Right. But then we're starting to hear kind of what the conversation is geared towards. So, like, mm-hmm. we just be quiet. I'm kind of just listening now going like, oh, it's it's, it's not sounding too good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this woman said to this man on the phone. Right. But it was like a pause. Like, you know that pause when you get pause. an epiphany? Yeah. It's like you just get a realization about life that just Something smacks just you in, in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And his voice started shaking. 
And I was like, oh, no, this is bad. He get that wobbly voice? And yeah, and he said, uh-huh. this is how you want me to spend my Christmas? And I said, oh, no. I said, damn, I think, I said, I think she either cheated on him or something bad happened. Right. It was confirmed. He was like, so this is how you want me to find out that you were cheating on me? My heart will never be the same. And I'm assuming he hung up after that. Cause I was like, oh, and then when I tell you my man let out this shrill cry uh, of heartache and anguish uh, and all those other good SAT words that describe some <laughs> real pain, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> bruh. Uh, my man just sat down. First of all, anybody, if any man just sit down on the concrete, he hurt. Yeah. Okay. He's trying to process everything that he just heard in right. life. And he was just like, oh, and I was like, damn, bro. Jeez. My man was hurt. That was a different kind of pain. I, no. I was like, heartbreak. Yeah, I've never all... experienced heartbreak. Thankfully, you've never experienced heartbreak. I've never experienced heartbreak. Never. You never had your heartbroken. Never had Jason, my heartbroken. You had your heartbroken. Kind of, sort of. Am I the only person? Because I've seen what heartbreak looks like. I've never been in that space, and I, I've seen it, in, and it's synonymous with. Everybody I know that's been in heartbreak, like it's bad. Everybody like, feels oh, the same yeah. way. Uh, yeah, like I, I it's can't the worst say that I've been there. Yeah, fuck. You never been heartbroken? I've never been heartbroken. Really? Thankfully. Yeah. I've I seen a couple of relationships that you've been in. It just, I was mean, just seem like they ended really yeah. well. Like I was hurt, but not heartbroken. Yeah. I don't wish that on you. Listen. I don't wish that on my worst enemy, G. My boy just reminded me how much I don't ever want to be in that space. Like that last night. Yeah. That, oh. I said, oh, that's oh. heartbreak for sure. And it's you like, crying in public like that? Yeah, bro. Like, it's no. Yeah. That's the thing. It's no misconception when you see somebody that's really heartbroken. That's what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, no, no. This is heartbreak. He's yeah. hurt right now. That's a sad puppy right yeah. there. Yeah. That sucks. Jesus yeah. Christ. It was so bad that when I told that story on Facebook, you notice everybody felt immediate empathy like, everybody, bro. that's cold. Yeah, because everybody know what that yeah, feel like. Yeah, like lift up, bro. Yeah. Man, he hurt. Nobody's laughing. <laughs> nah. There's no jokes to be cracked. Nah. <laughs> Damn, I was like, you know, maybe I'm just in a mature space <laughs> of my life where I really just identify with pain. I was just like, damn, bro. Yeah. You're going to be ah. all right, man. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Go pat your man on the back. Yeah. It's all right, brother. You're right. You're going to be good. Ah. Ooh. Yeah, man. Ooh. I don't know that woman. I don't know the whole scenario. I hate her. But fuck her, man. I hate her already. Fuck her. (laughs) And if we ever find her, we'll jump her. She could have waited till after Christmas. She could have waited. That was was my boy's Christmas present. Nah, because here's the thing. You're always equated to something. Because if she waited till after Christmas, he's going to be like, so that's how I'm going to step into the new year. (laughs) (laughs) If she did it in January, he's going to be like, so that's how you want me to enter Black History Month? (laughs) Right. This is how you want me to spend my St. Patrick's Day? This is how you wanted me to come into my birthday? (laughs) Yeah, anything, anything. President's Day, huh? Is that what I remember? President's Day? Bitch, it's Arbor Day. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I guess that's 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 a very true statement. It's anything you can associate. I with. was just like, damn! But it's just the fact that he said, "This is how you want me oh. to go into my Christmas." I was like, Ouch. yeah, Ow. shit, and fuck her. <laughs> yeah, Christmas man. is always gonna be that for him now. It's, it's gonna be a horrible holiday for him mm. for forever because he's not gonna spend until time he finds a family. new boo that make him feel like a new man. But that don't even make you feel whole though. No, I no, it doesn't. Like I tried to, I look last year. Yeah, I tried to fuck the pain away. Yeah, I tried to just be. I tried spending the this dude's a chick that kept coming over, and I promise you, maybe like the first five or six times that she spent the night, we didn't even touch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I just thought I wanted somebody in my bed. You feel me? She was missing that intimacy. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. 
there was a point where I didn't know how to sleep alone. Mm. I spent years sleeping with a person, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to be without sleeping with a person in my bed, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, it, I couldn't sleep. You called me. Mm-hmm. You and Will. You mm-hmm. and Will Jordan mm-hmm. called me, two, 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. My nigga, you good? Mm-hmm. Fam, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that. And, man, <laughs> I just, shout out to anybody that's going through heartbreak, that's made oh, it through man. heartbreak. If you're going through heartbreak, man, I call saw us that on the podcast. was like, ooh, yeah, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. Yeesh. Yeah, no, that's that's rough. It really is. It's really rough. Um, damn, shout out to him. Whatever, whoever that man, I hope if he listens, if he gets an ch- opportunity to hear this shit, bro, you yeah, know, like, hey, we're praying if, for if, you. If the moon's align, the stars align right, <clears throat> yeah. you hear this podcast, bro, hey, man. Yeah. We, we, we think about you. We're thinking about you and we're rooting for <laughs> we're praying you. For you. <laughs> we're praying for you. We're praying for you for free. All that shit. Uh, yeah, that's 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 rough, man. Uh, that's really rough. Um, I did want to touch base. We're, we'll probably cover this um, on the next podcast. I don't know how much time. Just on, what's up? Where are we at? Time wise. Oh, we got oh, we got about ten minutes. But um, I do. So Anne Marie is a rapper, or no? I'm sorry. She's a she's an R and B singer. Out of Chicago, I believe. She was in Atlanta this past weekend. Uh, it's been reported that she found out that her boyfriend had cheated on her. Oh, man. And she allegedly shot him in the head. Wow. Yes. Um, her story is that, you know, they were tussling over a gun. Um, he, somehow the gun went off. Who's gun with it, did they say? Uh, didn't say. Um, I'll, I'll read the report right now. Chicago-based RB singer has been arrested in connection with a shooting at a Buckhead Hotel. Shooting happened on December 1st. Um, according to police report, an officer responded to shots fired at the hotel. Found a man suffering from a gunshot wound to the head. The officer noted in the report that the victim, a 24-year-old man, was somewhat responsive and responded to questions. He was transported to a hospital. Oh, he survived. <clears throat> according to a police report, um, she's the singer says, a gun fell off the table in the hotel room, which caused the gun to go off, hitting the victim. Um, I do believe the man... Uh, died from the injuries. Oh, he eventually died. Yeah, that's. Uns- I, th- I thought he. The people were saying on Twitter that he he died, okay. but I'm not sure. It's not saying here in the article um, that he died. However, the issue that I have, as we were talking about domestic violence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, somebody. Say, I mean, you know, you hear stories all the time. You know, nobody knows what stories it is really. Mm-hmm. But somebody said, you know, he cheated on her. She found out. She shoots him. Not sure. We weren't there, and I'll never pretend to know. You're saying that we were there, or what happened, or took place, anything like that. But uh, he's—I think he's in critical condition. But regardless of whatever the fuck it is, all I know is that the energy's not the same. When Meg shot Tori, or allegedly shot—I mean, when Tori shot Meg, mm-hmm. allegedly cancel Tori, mm-hmm. protect black women. Mm-hmm. This is egregious. Mm-hmm. Then all the jokes came. Don't support this nigga's music. Mm-hmm. Don't. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Don't support this nigga. Don't listen to him at all. Get him, he's canceled. Get him, get him the fuck out of here. And by all accounts, if he did shoot her, I mean, all that, you know, energy's warranted. Mm-hmm. However, I'm seeing the chatter online. And it's not the fucking same. Mm. The hypocrisy is at an all-time high. Because what I'm seeing today in tweets, fuck that nigga, girl. If he cheated on you, girl, that nigga had what was coming to him. Fuck this nigga. Mm. He ain't shit. Da-da-da-da-da. You know? It's like, okay, so are we not... We gonna have talks about domestic violence, or are we not? You know what I'm saying? Are we gonna have conversations about being violent towards one another? Mm-hmm. If he cheated, does it warrant that? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. some of the whispers that were going on with the Tory and Meg situation was, mm-hmm. 
she wanted to be free. She wanted to fuck with somebody else. She didn't want to fuck with him no more. And then he got jealous, got mad. Mm-hmm. None of us know, right? Mm-hmm. But if that was the chatter and that was the <clears throat> shit, that doesn't warrant him shooting her. And in a situation like this, if he's cheating on you, it doesn't warrant you shooting him in the head of all if persons. somebody's not trying to <clears throat> kill you, I guess it doesn't really warrant shooting them. Or harm right. you. Harm you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If they don't pose a threat to you right. in that nature. And maybe he did. We don't know the you know, situation yeah, at all. Know. Nobody knows anything. However, I'm just saying the energy's not the same. So I really, this goes to what I was saying before. People don't Are really, these people as big as celebrities as Meg and Tori? No, 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 he's not. Okay. Nah. But I mean, for me, it's just like, it's just about black men and women, period. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. People, there's not a safe space for black men. You know, I was having a conversation with a young lady before, and she was saying, you know, black women, we rally for black men. You know, we do this for black men. We show up for black men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I need you to love me when there's not a victim. Mm-hmm. I need my personal relationships to change with women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I need you to be here, be present, be accountable in our personal relationships. Mm-hmm. If Mike Brown gets shot and murdered, yes, let's rally for that. If George Floyd gets murdered, let's rally for that. You know what I'm saying? If uh, Manny Lewis gets, mm-hmm. you know, gets murdered, Ellis. let's Ellis, mm-hmm. I, I apologize. Um, you know, if he gets shot, murdered, mm-hmm. and Sandler's rally for that. Mm-hmm. However, don't tell me that black men matter when you're still abusing black men in your personal relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we do need to show up and we need to show support and have solidarity. Mm-hmm. But if our personal relationships aren't changing mm-hmm. or the actions that you take in our personal relationship don't change at all, and you're not taking accountability for your own actions within this, mm-hmm. can't really tell me that you really give a fuck about us. You know what I'm saying? The best apology is change behavior. And not that you need to apologize for shit that you've done in the past, but mm-hmm. let's start to change the ways that we interact with each other because it's incumbent upon black men or we're demanded that we change all the time. Mm-hmm. Create safe spaces with black women that you know, you know, mm-hmm. but what about the black men that these women know? Mm-hmm. Are you not changing for us as well? Because I, I hate the fact that we <coughs> get so caught up into who is creating these, these safe spaces for who. Right. That So much so... That we end up only contributing to the overall problem, and that's hate against us both. Right. And I don't know. Like, I hear different arguments all the time. I personally try to not pay too much attention to it because I respect the fact that we're going to have, as men and women, we're going to have different perspectives on every fucking thing. Absolutely. And there's just some things that no matter how much dialogue, no matter how much discourse there is on it, we're just not going to see eye to eye on certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of placing this um specified responsibility on who um and this is i guess gender specific in in regard to black people who is supposed to create these safe spaces for who Mm -hmm. we are supposed to be creating these safe spaces for each other all the time right so i don't know how constructive a lot of these arguments are i've never really heard too many arguments either way that are super constructive to the holistic environment of creating a safe space for each other because we're all fucked up out here everybody everybody's fucked everybody up out here. and all we got is each other in all of this shit yeah and so that's I think a people, man. people in you know trying to prove they be they get so caught up in trying to prove points and win arguments that they lose sight yeah. of the, the bigger message i understand the yeah goal. you just want to be right right uh my guy errol gartrell says it all the time do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship Come on, man. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking thing. Like, I don't care to be right all the time. I just, even like in your romantic relationships, right? Like, mm-hmm. baby, I don't want to be, I don't care to be right. I just want you. Let's work this shit out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm I definitely care to be right. I'm going to write that down. In, in that these relationships, and, and maybe that's what I need to work on. I'm about to start an <laughs> argument and then use that. <laughs> baby, I don't, even, I don't care about being right. I just want you. But yeah, nah, and, and, I, and I agree with you. We do need to be better at creating safe spaces for each other. Yeah. Like, just be the best you that you can be to the people around you. 
and we're just moving the ball from there. That's one of the things I loved about like everything that Nipsey's brand represented. Yeah. Because at the core of everything that Nipsey's brand represented, Nipsey just took care of himself mm-hmm. and his community. And in turn, that taught the whole world that oh, that taught the whole world <laughs> to Yeah. Try to emulate and do the same things in their own community. Right. Because at the end of the day, we can't take care of everybody. There's no right. one person that can take care of everybody. Yeah. But we can take care of our own spaces. We can take care of our own bodies and minds. And we right. can take care of our own communities. Or I want to be the best me. To the help in our own communities. Yeah. yeah. And just pray that people see that and learn something from it to contribute to their own lives and their right. own communities. That's yeah. it. And um, I mean, as much as I say fuck people, because <laughs> fuck people. But and them kids. Especially the kids, <laughs> definitely <laughs> fuck them kids. Them kids ain't shit. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, we do have to create safe spaces. I mean, that's you know, especially when you're in, when you have a platform. Mm-hmm. You and I have you know different platforms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be responsible for so much more. You mm-hmm. know, because we're reaching so many more people. Right. right. So I mean, you know, I say some things, you know, just for laughs and jokes sometimes. But at my core, I want to be a better person. Right. Right. I want right. to be the best person that I can be. Right. You know, I want to represent us well. Right. So you have your times of you know funny stories and laughs and jokes and all that. But just like, you know, Timo was saying, we have to even be responsible with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to joke about punching a, a woman. Read the room. That's that's just always it. A lot of people we, don't read the room. Yeah, but we're also entering into a, a, a space where I think we're overcorrecting a lot of behaviors that we had prior. You know, like this cancel culture is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cancel culture is a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't even really, I mean, it's not really real. People still didn't stop <laughs> listening to Tory. Certain people. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Niggas still ain't stopped listening to R. Kelly. Mm-mm. Not what the stream said. Truth be told. Hey, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. You niggas really about this or you're not? Right. You know, anybody that tried to cancel is still getting a bag. Mm-hmm. Damn, there was so many topics I want to get to. Where, where we at? Just on, what time are we at? Let me see. <laughs> All right, we got to get up out of here. Um, I promised. Okay, we're going to get out. We're going to drop. We're going to leave some of these. God damn it. I want to get into this. <laughs> you want to do a part two? Absolutely. <laughs> now you leave uh, next Monday. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're gone on Monday? Okay. You don't go back on like Sunday? <laughs> no. Okay. No but, worries. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be back soon. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll do a part two. Uh, I do want to get to some shit, though. But, um, okay. This is what we're going to do. I told a good friend of mine. He goes by the name of Mike Capes. He is a rapper out of the Portland area, out of Portland, Oregon. My guy. He's fucking tight. Um, shout out to Mike. Shout out to Capes, man. Even though Capes be talking mad shit. <laughs> Capes talking shit, bro. <laughs> So that nigga we gonna fight when I see. Him. I always see him rep Portland though, so I respect it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he's fucking dope. And shout out to uh my guy Max Smith, uh Max Smith on Twitter, M A C S M I F F. Um, Mac is down there leading the charge, man, for social revolution down in Portland. Um, I, they've, he's been thrusting to the forefront of the movement down there. There, I don't want to say they're battling against the cops, but you know they they've got their shit. You know what I'm saying? That's happening right now. So uh, if you guys could lend your support, send your prayers, you know, to the Portland area. They're they're down there going through it right now. Um, I do want to play this joint from Capes. Damn, I got to figure out which fucking joint it is. He just told me. Oh, is it the Vanna White joint? Is this the one that just came out? Yep, it's the most recent joint. Okay, hold on. Where's the little plug thing? Where's the thing at? Did I un- unplug it? Did I unhook it? Where's it at? Damn, where's the little thing go? Oh, I got it. My bad. It's down here. Excuse me. My bad. This is uh. I got it, man. Van, I know, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, there we go. This is Vanna White by Mike Capes.
case. Look, the internet just an incubator for suckers. Tweeting, reaching for numbers, and divas in need of comfort. I'm scheming to see you come up. Being famous ain't my aim at all. No, attention seeking is a fatal flaw. Every verse is like a plate of raw. Take a taste and numb your face and jaw. Where I'm from, we break the law before we take a loss. Risk takers when the paper call. Pray to God we never take a fall. Nayan R's wet dream. A rapper's nightmare, demeaning like a senior. Moving cooler than white bears. Yeah, my type of talent is quite rare. Calling me a legend before I even grew a white hair. Kobe with the baby throwing crazy eights. Mike Tyson breaking faces back in 88. I'm that type. No hyperbole, certainly niggas that nice. Even through the darkness, I found my glow like black lights. My appetite is mammoth light when grabbing mics. Control the flow like traffic lights. I'm master light. A satellite in the black of night, surpassing heights. I done made a living off working words like Vanna White, nigga. Yeah. I done made a living off working words like Vanna White. Yeah. How they made a living off working words like Vanna White, nigga. That's just hard. Money yeah, fucking no. hard, bro. He was rapping, rapping on that. He I really was. That. You guys yeah. watch together yet? Mm-mm. Not at all? Mm-mm. Well, he fucks with Paul, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met him through Paul, actually. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Case, man. Okay. This has been the re-show. This is episode 89, I believe. If- it is 89. Oh, see? We, yeah, see? We paid just 89 yeah. of them things. Yeah. And now we're coming up on the episode 100. We need a sponsorship. Somebody pay us. <laughs> I heard that um, Nori was talking about Drink Champs, and he said they didn't get paid for a single episode for the first 100 episodes. Oh. And that's Drink Champs. Oh. It was on the CBS, I think the CBS app, which is crazy to even think about. But they were, you know, they didn't get paid. They, they were paying out of pocket. They came out on the CBS app? I believe so, yeah. They weren't getting paid? Uh-uh. That's crazy. They, didn't, they weren't getting paid. The first hundred, I think the Jaw Rule episode was like their first big, mm-hmm. and this is Drink Champs we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Joe Budden podcast as well. Like the first almost 200 episodes, yeah. they didn't get, or like at least 175, something like that. They weren't being paid. They were coming out of pocket. Yeah. Paying for studio time, paying engineers, paying camera people, paying all this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So me being almost 100 episodes in, having only received maybe, we've only been paid like three or $400 mm-hmm. for some advertising that we've done. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make me feel bad at all. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not those names. Success <laughs> leaves clues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just, hey, brother, let's let's, let's keep success uh, leaves clues. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, man. That's actually fucking tight. Yeah. So, you know, someone's like, you know, you guys getting paid for your joint? I'm like, no, not yet. It's coming, though. It's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. And I then, uh, you know, light-skinned bitches abound. So <laughs> just plenty of them around. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, this is... Um, been the recent really show. Um, like, so thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, bro. Been wanting to do this for a while. God yeah, damn it. We tried to do it last time, but uh, your oh. equipment was like, nah, fuck y'all. Yeah, nah. I mean, you know, and that's where Jason comes in because he's doing Shout shit. out to Jason. Sounds Shout out to way the engineers, better. man. Shout <laughs> out to engineers. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's a whole culture, man. I don't want to do that. We hold each other down. I just want to pick up the mic and talk and <laughs> do my pre production and shit and Ian Sanders and do all that. I don't even want to, I don't even want to promo the shit. I want to hand it to someone else that that's a team of people that they specifically do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Here, I created this content. Get my shit popping. Exactly. And you take it and you run with it. You blow it up. And I'll give you more of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you all of it. How many pods you want to do a week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, like I said, reaching for the show. Let me get a song first to ride out to. New Dave B, by the way. Dave dropped in the joint. Shout out to Dave B. Dave got a new project coming on fucking Christmas. 
They oh, okay. put out a project uh, on Friday called Delicate. This is my favorite track on the joint. It's called Lone. Uh, we're just going to ride out to this. We are. I don't want to try for a couple minutes. Most days are better all alone. Got the pictures in my phone. Broken scriptures in my phone. I just drift into my own. I do everything I want. And somehow I'm still so lonely. Most days are better all alone. Got the pictures in my phone. Broken scriptures in my phone. I just drift into my own. I do everything I want. Somehow I'm still so long. 